gonna find myself in times of trouble. Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. Let it be, let it be, let it be. Plaza Direct King's Court starts now. Hello. 
Well, I've won and lost against the best. This old road's been a hell of a test. I'm still driving. I ain't slowing down. There's rules I'd love to break and bend. Mistakes I've made again and again. But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around. I hit it hard, man. So far, man. No laying up, no holding back. And a good Wednesday. What is it? Is it Wednesday or Tuesday? It's Tuesday morning, a good Tuesday morning, St. Louis, in all parts, northeast, south, and west. We welcome you in. This is the Window World King's Court, live on KevinSlaytonShow.com, where you can also hear our podcast. But you can also hear that podcast at Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Google, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find us. Our phone lines are always open for you, 636-538-0746. If this is where you come to find the unvarnished truth, backed by facts and evidence, you're in the right place. If you want propaganda and BS, go somewhere else. You'll only get frustrated listening to truth when you're that kind of a person. And we can thank our research assistant this morning for nudging me while I was reading an article about how DeMar Hamlin getting injured in the game last Monday night is somehow a racial issue. That's right. Of course, it's another sign that the entire society is against black people. (laughs) She nudged me and said, hey, by the way, are you doing a show? So that's why the opening song ran a little long. But we've got a lot of ground to cover, including that. And also a tweet by DeMar Hamlin. He is so thankful and what a wonderful person this guy seems to be and how he plans to go about his life after this Horrific scare that he received a week ago last night. Last night, the Georgia Bulldogs just pounded TCU into oblivion, further cementing the fact that if college football doesn't do something soon, the game, the beautiful, wonderful game, will be ruined. Seven of the last eight national champions have been from three different schools. The rest of them are just simply playing nonsense. Nonsense. It's embarrassing, really. That's your championship game? 65-7? to (laughs) God. If football's not embarrassed, they should be. But they're not. They'll keep paying players and that type of crap. that is going to ruin the game because some schools will pay them the most. It's that simple. Even Nick Saban acknowledged as much, and he's coach of one of the three teams that have been winning national championships. Georgia wins back-to-back last night. Kirk Herbstreit of ESPN, who was doing the color on the game, said that just doesn't happen in college football, yet it just happened in 2012. So, yeah, it does happen as long as you're Georgia or Alabama. It doesn't happen for anyone else. TCU's last national championship was in the 30s. Maybe the 40s. I can't remember. I'm getting too old to remember that long ago. No, I wasn't alive. Missouri's last national championship was... Well, that's right. They didn't win one. Missouri's last conference football championship was 
Oh, shoot. 1969. Well, that's Missouri. It's pretty bad when Missouri football fans have to hang their hat on, hey, we almost beat Georgia. Not to, not to take into consideration that the night Georgia played Missouri, the Georgia Bulldogs were sleepwalking through that game and still won. But that's the standard of football at Missouri now. Hey, we're so good, we almost beat someone. That's impressive. And yet you didn't. And you still fi- finished under five hundred yet again. And you lost still another bowl game yet again. And you did beat up on three worthless opponents, half of your wins. And if you want to throw Vanderbilt in, two-thirds of your wins. That's an impressive outfit down there, isn't it? Well, I turned the game off at halftime. That was smart of me. A lot of people did, I would assume. It was the worst nightmare for ESPN and ABC and the college football world that you could have. But one thing that did stand out, if anything could stand out in a game like that, and that's the play of Stetson Bennett the fourth. Now, this was the Georgia quarterback, and if this isn't a lesson for all kids, and for that matter, all adults, that if you have a goal, you never give up to find it. You never give up achieve, trying to achieve it. This is a guy who was at Georgia, left Georgia, transferred to a junior college because he wasn't going to play at Georgia. He was told by his coaches that he wasn't good enough. And then he resurrected his career at a, at a junior college. I believe it was a junior college. I don't know the name of it. Then came back to Georgia. Last year became the starter. And even though he led Georgia to a national championship last year, he has said in interviews leading up to last night's game that he was always looking over his shoulder. He felt like if he had a bad half, he was going to be replaced. Last night, he put on a performance for the ages. And I mean for the ages. And that's what happens when you are a kid who just won't be denied that you are going to reach your goal no matter what, that no one can get in your way, not stupid coaches, not circumstances, not anything. He threw for 304 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, ran (laughs) for two touchdowns. His average pass attempt was over 12 yards. That never happens in football, trust me. Never close. Just a spectacular night for this young man. And so here's what he's achieved in two years. He's gone 29-3 and as a starting quarterback. He was the Heisman Trophy finalist this year. He's a conference champion, an all-conference selection, a two-time college football national champion, and two-time offensive MVP of that game. How wonderful is that? For a kid that they all dismissed and said, nope, he can't play. My feeling about him is this. I hope some NFL team is smart enough to draft him because it will pay dividends. We have so much ground to cover this morning. One thing, though, I will do a little bit later on is a tribute to the great Keith Jackson. Last night watching the game, listening to Chris, can't even think of his name now, Chris, um, whatever his name is. See, that's what I mean. He's forgettable. Who did the play-by-play. Keith Jackson is not forgettable. Chris the Fowler. Keith Jackson is not forgettable. And I found myself missing Keith Jackson last night. And every time there's a big college football game. If there was a big game, Keith Jackson was doing it. 
forever he was the voice of college football. He actually did Major League Baseball and playoffs as well. He was the first play-by-play guy for Monday Night Football. And so we'll have a tribute to Keith, and I think you'll want to hear it. I really do. I think it's special. Uh, It really brought back a lot of memories for me. But it's amazing how wonderfully talented he was and how much I, and I think the college football world, miss him. By the way, it was a Juco that uh, Stetson Bennett, that Senator Bennett the fourth went to. Junior college, he's the fourth. Good people always give me good info. So congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs, though it was a disaster to watch. I feel sorry for TCU. How ashamed, how ashamed should Michigan be that you lost to TCU? And in many areas, including my brain, I thought Michigan was going to win the whole thing. The SEC, as a conference, hasn't lost two semifinal college national championship football games. The Big Ten lost two in one one day last Saturday, a week ago Saturday. So that's where all of that stands with uh, Georgia and Stetson Bennett IV. And what I will do for Stetson today is I will offer him a breakfast at Taco Bell on me where he can go to the Dollar Crave menu, get himself a grilled breakfast burrito with bacon bits. He can get himself double stuffed taco, a grande burrito. If he gets all three, he spent, I've spent $3. So that's where I'm hoping he's going to go for my celebratory breakfast for him. He can get a breakfast quesadilla that's under 2 bucks. He can go to the $5 Crave menu. He is a football player. He probably worked up an appetite last night. So get a little more for yourself, Stetson. How about a double chalupa in a box with two tacos and a soft drink for 5 bucks, Or maybe a triple-double crunch wrap with those two tacos and a soft drink. Same thing, 5 bucks. Toss in maybe an AM crunch wrap, two different kinds under $3. Grande scrambler under $3. Are you starting to get the hint? A whole lot of food for very little money. So that's why I offered Stetson Bennett the fourth breakfast on me at Taco Bell. He'll come away happy. I'll come away not poor. I support locally owned and operated businesses, so I do the same with Taco Bell locations. Here's where the locally owned and operated locations are. In Missouri, Chesterfield Valley, Jackson, Cape Girardeau, Union, St. Clair, Washington. In Illinois, they're in Waterloo, DuCoin, Carbondale, Springfield, Troy, Salem, Decatur, Jerseyville, and Columbia. Those are all locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations. Well, let's get on with the business at hand, shall we? Uh, But before we do that, I've got to read you something because I found it to be hilarious. And it was sent out on social media this morning by a friend of mine. And it refers to the week of deliberations last week on the side of the Republicans in order to get some things changed in how the House of Representatives run, to the benefit of all, by the way. And it said this, after a week of grueling votes for Speaker of the House, 15 in total, Kevin McCarthy was finally handed the people's gavel and took his rightful place as a speaker. He lifted it up to the raucous applause of both Democrats and Republicans, signaling that the week of congressional inactivity was over and the long national nightmare of taxing, spending, and corruption could finally begin. 
Finally, we will get down to the people's business of stealing all their money for our pet projects, making backroom deals, and holding meaningless investigations where we yell and point angrily at people to get some sweet sound bites for our re-elections, said McCarthy to the assembled warmongers, rapists, and half-dead geriatrics in the room. Our congressional nightmare is over, and the long national nightmare is finally here. Those in the crowd who are still sober enough to stand then stood and cheered. <laughs> There's a lot of truth in that. That's why it's funny. That's why it's funny. By the way, it was pointed out to me, too, that Stetson Bennett the fourth went to Georgia because of his love for the school in Georgia out of loyalty. He didn't get NIL money. Name, image, and likeness, that's what that stands for, that these players are getting all over the place now. So the rich will get richer. The big schools will get stronger. There is no hope. There is no hope for anything like a Boise State of a few years ago coming out of nowhere. There's no hope for those teams anymore. They're going to expand the playoffs, which is the rightful thing to do. I don't know if Alabama would have beaten Georgia. My guess is they would have. But we'll never know that because Alabama didn't get the chance. But we'll move on to uh, other things, and we'll get to Keith Jackson as we get uh, into the show later on. But what I love about this uh, Congress and the deliberations last week is that the liberals take losing not so well. The keys have been handed over to extremists. The Republicans don't want to govern. They're locusts, and they feed on dysfunction and suffering. What is going to be a problem is if the American people will be held captive over the next two years to the extreme MAGA Republican agenda. That middle guy was that Ely Mustaw, one of the great racists of our time, perhaps the great racist of all time, black guy. I think he's on Harvard's faculty somehow. Can you imagine? I would never send a son or daughter to Harvard just based on that. But, of course, that makes me a racist when I don't want my son or daughter educated by a racist. Go figure. Welcome to America. But all three of those people just insulted all of the voters. The keys have been turned over to a bunch of extremists, these MAGA Republicans, locusts, they called them. So what are you, voters? You're the ones who voted for them. So if the people you voted for are locusts, what does that make you? See, the Democrats are too dumb to realize the idiocy that comes out of their mouth indicts them, bites them in the ass. No one else. That's what stupid people do, though. They speak without thinking. Indeed, if they're capable of thinking at all. My guess is in most cases, they are not. For instance, Jessica Tarlov. She loves to fancy herself as the liberal voice on The Five on Fox. And while her squeaky, whiny voice is enough to turn anyone off, I only torture you with it this morning to show you what a liar she is and how pathetic Greg Gutfeld, Jesse Waters, um, who's the blonde gal? I can't even say. Who knows? I'm losing track of these people's names. There's too many of them. At all, Katie Pavlich as well, Dana Perino, sat there and allowed Jessica Tarloff to lie about Donald Trump, not call her out, not correct her, not straighten the record, just allow the lie to hang there. Now, it all came about 
because we were talking about Biden being investigated. And now that these documents have surfaced, that while he was vice president, he took classified documents to his residence. Gee, isn't this sweet? I mean, that is the most sexual thing I heard all day. But Tarlov wasn't so sexy. And unfortunately, she should have been shot right down and wasn't. So you can go ahead and do it. I'm not afraid of it. If you find out that he's the most corrupt president in American history, impeach him, get him out of there. But if you want to win in 2024, you better not look like all you're doing is chasing pictures of Joe and Hunter and a Chinese guy around the city. That's not going to fly. You're saying this after five years of that being done to Trump. Think about what? it. That's, but that's not true. true. because it's Trump. No, right? No, it's not true because it's not true. Uh, so you're, you're telling We've got to get his tax returns. Okay. I, I don't understand how that isn't directly relevant to how the man has governed that he got richer while he was in office, that he lied about things like not taking a salary, that his kids who are getting trademarks all over the world from countries uh, you, where the yeah. where the officials are coming to stay at Trump International right. Hotel. You know right why? And they didn't say anything about it. How many lies did she tell? Donald Trump got richer while he was president. If she paid a smidgen of attention to the tax returns that they illegally and corruptly obtained on President Trump, she would find out that, in fact, he lost money. He became less wealthy by becoming president. Because of the constant corruption against him by the liberals, even his property values of hotels and things went down. She says he lied about donating his salary. No, you're the liar. Donald Trump donated his salary every quarter to a different entity. In many cases, he was helping the government out. He donated some to Homeland Security and others. But he donated it. He didn't keep a penny of it. So the liar is Jessica Tarlov. But then again, she's a liberal, which stands for liar. Then Donald Trump's kids receive benefits. Donald Trump's kids happened to run extremely successful business operations, and they did so long before President Trump ran for president. Now, did they benefit from the Trump brand in business as they ran their businesses? Of course they did. That's what you do, just like August Bush the third and fourth benefited from being August Bush the third and fourth. It's okay. Your company's smashingly successful. But as as it relates to the presidency, the liberal media and people like Tarlov, who constantly lied about President Trump, tarnished his reputation and his company's reputation. He didn't benefit at all from being president. You'd have to be a whack job to think so. He's been under constant investigation since the day he came down that escalator. Tell me again how he benefited from being president. We benefited from him being president, but he didn't. How many other people do you think would leave an extremely comfortable life as a multi-billionaire in order to be attacked, investigated, and lied about for the last five, six years? But Jessica Tarlov says that didn't happen either. He wasn't attacked. He wasn't investigated. It didn't happen. That Russian investigation, that never took place. Two impeachments, those didn't take place. A raid on his home, that didn't take place. How can anyone be this delusional, and how can Fox continue to employ her? 
Are you at least bit interested in the truth at all, Fox? At all? Why would you put this mush mouth on television? Why would you not demand that she go on today and apologize and admit to the country, I lied? Why? Because I'm a liar. Why am I a liar? Because I'm a liberal. And that's what we do. Every single word of that was a lie. And she knew it was a lie. And you know what we call that in court if Donald Trump sued her for slander? A winner. Because all you have to do, and it's a high standard, but in this case it's so clear, you have to prove absence of malice if if you're her, but she provided us the malice. She lied. That's the standard. Okay, we've established that you lied. Did you know you lied when you lied? Yes, she knew it because it's clear if you just have a nodding acquaintance with what's going on in the last six years. Only a hermit would not know. So knowing that it was a lie, she still spouted the lie. That's the standard. Almost never can you overcome that, but in this case, Donald Trump would have overcome the standard. He could sue her for every penny she has, and then if I were him, I'd sue Fox while I was at it. This lying, worthless piece of dog crap should never be allowed anywhere near a microphone again. She's one of the worst while she's not squeaking with her voice. She makes me vomit. Marjorie Taylor Greene was explaining why and how things took place last week as the Republican caucus met and deliberated, had free and open debate over different different topics that they wanted straightened out before handing the gavel to Kevin McCarthy. Marjorie Taylor Greene said it was a phone call to Donald Trump that took care of things because Trump asked to speak with Matt Rosendale, who was close by. Rosendale declined the call, but Trump was busy calling others. Yeah, he was right across the aisle, and I said, I said, Matt, President Trump wants to talk with you. Um, can you please talk with President Trump? Matt Rosendale blew up, yelled at me, and screamed at me. Don't you ever do that to me, Marjorie. Don't you ever do this. And he was throwing his hand up and refusing to talk to President Trump. Um, but I'm telling you, that was that was key in everything that was happening. And it was also, I want you to know, that pressure within our conference of, of these poor members and their families and these terrible issues that were happening. And it was like, okay, enough. You've extracted enough, you know, your pound of flesh here. You, you've done it. Let's care about people. And President Trump is saying, get it done, get it over with. And it was President Trump. Uh, uh, his phone calls and his words to members that I, b- I believe it was key in, in getting this thing across the line. And- I do too. Someone has to nudge them, and he is clearly the leader of the Republican Party. He clearly carries influence with congressional members, not all of them, but enough of them to make that happen. And I'm sure he spoke to McCarthy and said, you've got to negotiate these things out and get it done since he endorse McCarthy. Now that doesn't stop the media imbeciles because they detest if anything if there's anything they detest more than Donald Trump, it's free and open debate. They really hate that. Now that there is a House Republican majority that is going to be a complete 
chaotic mess yeah. for two years. It is the greatest thing to happen to Joe Biden. The Republican Party has had an identity crisis. They can't seem to agree on a vision of what they're for. To be clear, this interparty debate is the cause of the lion's share of so-called Washington dysfunction. I saw thugs at work. Um, I saw this uncivilized nature. <laughs> so Chuck Todd tells us that free and open debate, to be clear, he said, because that's the phrase, as soon as you hear to be clear, you know they're lying. To be clear, because we're all stupid out here and we couldn't quite figure it out until he said let me make it clear to you that free and open debate is the cause of so-called, he said, so-called Washington, D.C. dysfunction. Does anyone, Republican or Democrat, deny that Washington, D.C. is a dysfunctional mess? I would, I would think you'd have to look long and far to find that imbecile. But yet Chuck Todd is that imbecile. He thinks the only dysfunction in Washington is is caused by Republicans. <laughs> and then, of course, Sonny Hostin Houston. She saw thugs. Thugs, she called them. You did? Where? I didn't see any thugs. I didn't see anybody fist fighting. I saw some passionate people fighting for what they believed in. I did see that. Now, you don't have to agree with what they were fighting for. But they were fighting for something they believed in. I saw a lot of that. But Sonny Hostin Houston thinks that's thugs. You know, there are different kind of thugs. Thugs who physically attack. There are also thugs who use their words to try to destroy people. And Sonny Hostin Houston is, by any definition of that view, a thug. She is a liar, but she's a liberal, which makes her a liar. Show me a liberal that's not a liar, and I'll show you a miracle. We do understand that God performs miracles every day. So perhaps there's a liberal out there who's not a liar. But I haven't seen them. So if you find one, let me know, and we will enjoy a miracle together. It'll be like Fatima. The miracle of Fatima. When the Virgin Mary appeared to a young child. It will be that rare if you find a liberal that isn't a liar. Kind of like Biden. He leads the lying brigade. It appears, though, that his economic plan seems a little bit stuck. I know it's going to take time to implement our entire economic agenda, which we already passed, and for folks to feel it in their day-to-day -day lives. But I think folks are going to see it in the next few months. As tough as these times have been, if we look a little closer, we see bright spots all across the country. We're surely making progress. Things are getting better. They are? We're making progress. It's just taking a little while. That's fascinating. Because more Americans are turning to credit cards to cover basic expenses now than ever before while inflation rages. 35% of households use credit cards or loans in December alone. 35%. That's an increase from just 21% in April of a year ago. So tell me again how your economic plan is helping us all. And let's go further. Goldman Sachs. They're going to fire 3,200 workers starting tomorrow. That's a massive bloodbath by any count. Amazon, 18,000 workers, the most in any recent tech wave. 
That's the Biden economy at work, according to him. <laughs> it's kind of funny, isn't it? Well, one thing the Republicans did last night, once they got the gavel, their first order of business, they repealed the funding for 87,000 IRS spies who were going to try to make your life and my life as miserable as they could. Now, Biden and those liberal lying Democrats try to push that one over on us as if, well, we're going to try to get weed out the millionaires and billionaires who aren't paying their fair share. No, they weren't. They were going to come after you and me as if for tax cheats. 87,000 of the bastards. But guess what? Not anymore. Their funding was revoked last night. So what did Heels Up Harris say about that? Last year, President Joe Biden and I worked with Democrats in Congress to finally make sure everyone pays their fair share. Yes, she said that right. She worked with Democrats in Congress. Notice they've even abandoned the pretense of saying they've worked in a bipartisan manner. No, because they don't. Now, as one of their first acts in the majority, House Republicans are rushing to undo that progress and allow too many millionaires, billionaires, and corporations to cheat the system. (laughs) Have we seen her tax returns? I don't think we have. 87,000. Oh, the Republicans are undoing what we did. The first day in office, Biden undid as many things that President Trump accomplished as he possibly could. And those were things that benefited Americans, benefited the economy. 87,000 IRS spies do not benefit anyone except people like you, Harris, because they're not going to look at your tax returns. They're going to force everybody out there to cry uncle in the middle class to the point where you can't even breathe anymore. And then you'll swoop in and say, how about we give you a little money as long as you vote for us? That's the whole plan. Unfortunately, that plan was undone last night. Thank God. Sadly, in the Senate, the Republicans don't have that same power. And yet the person who has the most power in the Senate is Mitch McConnell. Mumbles. Mushmouth. He made an appearance with Biden last week in Kentucky. Whose side are you on, McConnell? Biden's? China? Or both? It's not just this project, but the infrastructure bill, the bipartisan infrastructure bill that the president signed provides dramatic additional assistance for $8 billion over the next uh, five years. He's doing Biden's bidding for him. That's what a traitor McConnell is. That man belongs behind bars. He is. He and his wife are so far in bed with China and their Communist Party in their business dealings that it's laughable. You want to do an investigation? You want to get a special counsel? Investigate the McConnell family fortune and where that came from. Let's get with it. And if the Republican House was serious while they're investigating Biden, as they should, they need to investigate McConnell while they're at it. And that would send a a sharp message to that criminal that they're coming for him. He's a traitor to the Republican Party. He's a traitor to everything there is that's conservative. He's a traitor to President Trump. And he's now a traitor to the American people because he lied to all the Kentucky voters that somehow he's a conservative.
And here he is touting the abysmal failure that is the Biden economic agenda, while he and his corrupt wife continue to reap billions, excuse me, millions of dollars from the Chinese Communist Party. The corruption that I read about the, the mock speech that McCarthy made, it's actually funny because it's true. Biden's visit to El Paso this weekend went over like a lead balloon uh, in the water. The Texas ranchers didn't see it as the success that Biden claims it was. It's a mess. Uh he went to El Paso, everything's picked up, everything's clean, everybody's kind of like on their best behavior, I would think. That's what he's seeing, so he doesn't really see what's happening on a daily basis. I think it's absurd, honestly. I, I think that there's hundreds of miles of border that is being inundated. Our border patrol are being overworked. Our law enforcement are being tasked beyond measure. And he chooses to go to El Paso that, by the way, has been cleaned up before he got there. Now, who was the mayor of El Paso that cleaned it all up? A Democrat. Now, the question begs, if Biden would visit there every day, maybe we'd get rid of the homeless people of El Paso. Maybe we'd get rid of all the illegals. Because when he comes to visit, man, they tidy up. Visited a migrant center where there were no migrants. They got rid of them all. They hid them out. He didn't have contact with one illegal while he was down there. It was nothing but a dog and pony show. That's all it was. And Governor Abbott understands it and wasn't too keen on the mayor of El Paso cleaning the city up for the visit. So it's outrageous. I asked the president to go down and see for himself where people are crossing the border illegally. Obviously, he did not do that. But uh, I will tell you this one thing, Harrison, and that is, One reason why there are fewer people crossing the border in El Paso right now is because I deployed our Texas National Guard to the area where they were crossing. Mm. And because we put up because we put up barriers, including razor wire uh, walls, fences and and containers. That's one thing that stopped the inflow into El Paso about a week ago of these migrants. Our Texas National Guard, we're stepping up and doing that same thing across the entire border for Texas to fill the gap caused by the Biden administration. Carpe diem, Governor Abbott. Yeah. So they sanitized the visit. We're going to talk to our own rancher from Texas, Donnie Roberts, a little bit later on in the show, and we'll get his take. He did text me and said the entire thing was a sham, which, of course, it was, and you can see it yourself, right? Unless you're blind. Are you blind? (laughs) I hope you're not. But only blind people wouldn't see that. And the ranchers are not blind. That's for damn sure. Thank you, Governor Abbott. Great stuff from him. And he handed Biden that letter, and it was a letter that ripped Biden to pieces. But, hey, we know whose fault all of this is down at the border, don't we? It's not Biden's fault. It's one of two people. It's Trump's fault, who you constantly hear the liberals blame. Well, we inherited this mess. No, you didn't. You created the mess. It was perfectly fine when you took over. Not perfect, but fine. We had it under control. Then you created it. But when they don't blame Trump, they dispatch that utter imbecile 
a man who is so stupid it should be declared illegal, Mayorkas Alejandro, to blame Governor Abbott. Governor Abbott uh, is not collaborating with the federal government on an issue that requires collaboration. We cannot have the rights and the needs of individuals who are seeking humanitarian relief in the United States be exploited for political purposes. We cannot have unilateral governor action. That low-rent son of a bitch has balls the size of meteors. To sit there and say that with a straight face and an arrogant, pompous, nose-up-in-the-air look that he always has is unconscionable. Unconscionable. Governor Abbott just told you all the things they've done that the federal government has absconded doing in order to prevent these people from just destroying the entire border, which they have anyway. He's trying to hold it back. It's like the finger in the dike. And Biden's done nothing to help. Hey, Mayorkas, maybe these numbers will sober you up a little bit because apparently you're either drunk or high when you speak. No sane, sober person would ever utter the words that Mayorkas utters. No one. You're either drunk, high, or so effed up on some drugs that no one can ever figure you out because nobody talks like that that isn't either of those things or a third thing insane. 73,000 gotaways in November. That's a record high. Over 233,000 border encounters in November. Record high. Over 3.3 million apprehensions and gotaways in 2022. Record high. That isn't Trump. That isn't Abbott. That's you. You and only you. But according to Biden and the little black lesbian, Karine Jean-Pierre, they've cracked down on illegals. Or, I'm sorry, as Karine Jean-Pierre now calls them, irregulars. My administration is taking several steps to stiffen enforcement for those who try to come without a legal right to stay. We're focused on cracking down on drug smuggling, which is a serious and deadly promise. Or excuse me, promise. We are doing everything that we can uh, to secure the border. Uh, and uh, to deal with uh, irregular migration. Uh, that is a priority for this administration since day one. Irregular immigration. That's their new term. They came up with that one, I guess, while we were sleeping. It's not irregular. It's illegal. And we ought to check into her. She might be illegally here, too. Because she's a Martian. She's an alien of some sort. Biden's telling you how tough he's been on the crackdown of illegals. I just read you the numbers. These people lie so easily, it's incredible. He's acting like he's some sort of a tough guy, like he's John Wayne riding up and down the border. They've been cracking up. They're doing everything they possibly can. What have you done? Name one thing. Name one thing that you've done and I'll assume there's a hundred. But you can't. You can't name one thing. Oh, I'm sorry. You did pull some border guards off duty and tried to ruin their lives by slandering them when they were simply adjusting the reins of their horse and trying to claim they were whipping illegal aliens, not irregulars, illegal aliens, when in fact that didn't happen at all. So you did do that. I guess I misspoke when I said you hadn't done anything. 
You did fly them, these illegals, to different cities in our country, making sure that every city is contaminated. And you flew them on our dime in the middle of the night and then denied it. You did do that. You put them up at swanky hotels. You did that. So you did all of that. So stupid me. You have done a lot. Of course, none of it serves as a crackdown. Here's what you really did since day one. Here's what Biden really did, as KJP always says, since day one. There's not a single thing that building a wall or imposing imposing another tariff can address on any of these issues. There will not be another foot of wall constructed on my administration. That's what he did do. He took billions that were set aside, already paid for, for the wall. And what did he do with them? Where is that money, by the way? Did that go into the Biden fund? Did they build a new house on the ocean, another oceanfront property? What'd they do with the COVID money? Oh, we know. That was pocketed, stolen. It's nowhere to be found. It didn't go to help anybody. Wow. So when he says, I've done everything I can do, or I'm doing everything I can do, no, you're not. You just said you wouldn't allow another inch of border wall to be built. So when you say, I'm doing everything I can do, do that. You effing liar. But the media and the political hacks somehow believe that sanitized visit to the border by Biden was Biden curing cancer. And here you have Joe Biden going right there. Uh, to the border to see what's going on. So I give him a lot of credit for that. Visiting the border and making sure uh, that conservatives in those areas know that he really is listening to their concerns about border security. He does seem to be working directly on this this issue. And He's very aware of what's going on in the border. Coming down and seeing it with his own eyes really made a big difference. Can you believe you hear that kind of stuff? Honestly, can you believe you hear that stuff? He's some sort of a hero. Cleo is up. Good morning, Cleo. How are you? Uh, this, this happens to be Marcel. Oh, Marcel is here today. Good morning, Marcel. Good morning. How are you? I couldn't be doing better. A nice show. Exposing all the lies and the crap, especially from the Jessica Toilet, I call her. Jessica Toilet. I like that. I like that a lot. That squeaky little voice of her, she sounds like a little mouse, a little rodent. And then she lies like one. You know, I think what the game is, it produces a fox. You know, they don't want four mongrel dogs to descend on the poor little pussycat. So they hold it down. <laughs> I tell you what, I have zero respect for Fox. That network is a sham in itself. Any network that employs Jessica Tarlov, Carl Rove, that's enough for me. <laughs> I, th- I think it's just a token, you know, to get a liberal on, to maybe get a few liberals to watch the show. Well, they could get a liberal, but how about getting one that doesn't lie? Oops, I'm sorry, there isn't one. Well, I think there are many worse than Jessica Toilet, but she makes me mad too with that stupid little voice. Well, she's a she's a champion liar. I'll have to give her that. She's right up there with the best of them. I tell you, as as much of a lover as I am, I would never go after her. I like that. I like that, Marcel. Being a Frenchman, of course, you are a lover. And she still doesn't appeal to you. Wow, that's a strong statement. 
Yes, I, you know, I, I'm going to play pickleball now, Kevin, and I always wear my uh, Pepe Le Pew shirt. I get a lot of friends wearing that shirt, let me tell you. <laughs> I'll bet you get a lot of comments. I'll bet you that for sure. We'll hit that oh, pickleball. Yeah. Marcel? Yeah, oh, I don't know what happened. Are you there? I'm here. I'm here. I was saying hit that pickleball and have some fun. Oh, I will. Hey, listen. I got news for you, buddy. Your alma mater, CBC, just threw out several seniors for drug use. Carpe diem to CBC. It's about time somebody did. I heard that from the mother of one of the students. I have an inn inside the walls of uh, your alma mater, and I'm going to find out what kind of drug was used. Marcel, you're on the case. And if you're on the case, baby, I know I'm going to get accurate info. Well, I'm on the case, just as Inspector Clouseau always gets his man. <laughs> well, now that we've made that analogy, I'm a little concerned about the results we're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I want to tell you a true story. Kevin, you know, this poor unfortunate fellow, you know, nearly lost his life on the football field. Yes. Okay, I, as a, as a college goalkeeper, was knocked out for 20 minutes after being kicked in the head. Uh, the college, I will remain, you know who it is, but it, it will remain close to the vest. I'm not going to say the college. 20 minutes? 20 minutes. That was the only game my, my father got my mother to come to the game. She would never come because she said, if I come, he will get hurt. Wow. And to heavens to Betsy, I was knocked out for 20 whole minutes. The smelling salts even wouldn't bring me around. And they did stop the game. Well, that's good, because without a goalie, your team would have been at a disadvantage. Well, they could have put in another guy, but, you know, out of respect for my body and me, they stopped the game as they did the football player. Now, I'm sure that when you played soccer, it was not a fall sport. You were probably playing in the dead of winter, weren't you? Oh, no, it was in uh, September. Okay, so college soccer was in the fall, high school was in the winter. Yes, yes. I, rem- I remember yes. CBC's soccer team playing on frozen fields all the time at Forest Park. Yes, Mr. Horgan played like 60 games, didn't he? played everybody. Coach Horgan took on anybody and beat everybody. He didn't care who you were. A lot of his former players ended up coaching against him at different schools, and he beat them too. Yes, he was. He was a, he's a wild guy. He, was a he got the most out of his players, I'll say that. I'll tell you what, he was fun. I had him for history class. He was enjoyable. Did he ever throw a book at you? He threw a big, thick history book at me. It nearly decapitated so. me. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing he missed. Well, listen, after 20 minutes, I became alive. Alive? He was alive. He was alive. <laughs> and it's a good thing because I've come to to do many good things in this world. Well, one of those good things is calling us with inside information, and we appreciate that. Yes. But so many uh, women would not have been seduced if I would die, have died. No, but Jessica Tarlov would have remained safe. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, I mentioned her, and I mentioned um, some of the others, but let's not let Carl Rowe, but let's not forget Brett Baer, uh, Martha McCallum. These are liberals in, in conservative clothing as well. I turn off Brett Bear every time I flip on the chat. I do, too. As soon as that show comes on, if I happen to be watching, I'm off. I'm off to something else. Well, anyway, it's a shame what's going on in this country. 
perhaps the Republicans will start putting the those SOBs in front of us and we listen to their lies and maybe everyone will Let's hope so. Let's hope it sinks into the stupid liberals, but they probably won't watch. They'll turn away and they won't watch what's going on. I, for one, will be glued to the screen because they're going to get them. Now, when I say get them, I mean they're going to expose them. They're not going to get them criminally because they there will be no investigation. Merrick Garland, who investigates only Donald Trump and only other people close to Donald Trump, has no interest in investigating Biden, none whatsoever, no, or in any of the no. other liberal criminals. He is the most biased, whatchamacallit, I can think of in my life. There has never been a more corrupt attorney general, and we've had some. I can't wait till they get Christopher Ray out in front, see him weasel out. I'm going to love that little smirk and that little snarky mouth of his. He, well, here's what he'll say on, on almost everything. I can't really comment on an ongoing uh, matter at the FBI. Yes, That's what yes. he always says. Someone needs to slap his face. He's so gutless. Throw throw that uh, pig Cavuto in there too, with the, with the whole mess of him. There's another he's one. Annoying. Yeah, yeah he's, he's the one that said, "Shame on um, Mr. Trump for uh, saying hydroxychloroquine helps you." Remember that? Not only shame on you, but he cut away from President Trump's news conference and said, "We had to come back to the studio because what he's doing is going to kill people. That's going to kill people," he said, Doctor Cavuto. Now he never issued a, a, a disclaimer or a correction, a clarification, or an apology. None of those things. When he when he was lying to the American public, when he was doing his fear-mongering to the American public, when he was lying to the American public. It saved thousands of lives, maybe including even yours, Kevin. Well, I'm telling you what, ivermectin sure, well, I don't know if it saved my life, but it sure worked. Yes, it sure worked, and we're happy to have you on the air. Thank goodness you're on the air. You're doing a valuable service. Well, thank I you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Marcel. I appreciate that very much. All right. All right. Pepe Le Pew, off to pickleball now. All right, Pepe. Enjoy. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye-bye now. Yeah, I, I agree with him. Not even a French romance uh, romantic would go after Tarlov, unless you just want to keep calling her the liar that she is. She disgusts me. She absolutely disgusts me. That's, again, that's how they are. That is how they are. Now, I don't know if you've noticed what, well, you probably have, and you've heard this morning, what the liberals try to do to Governor Abbott because he stands up to Biden. But it's amazing that it's not just Governor Abbott. Have you noticed that any governor at all who tries to call out this regime for this illegal alien invasion is not only turned away, ignored, but they're viciously attacked by this regime. Molly Hemingway sees it. What's amazing is you have very few governors who are actually trying to do something to deal with this crisis caused by the Biden administration. And when they do things, they're fought tooth and nail by the Biden administration, whether it was uh, Governor Ducey in Arizona who was trying to implement a, a makeshift border wall that was torn down by the feds or any efforts that Governor Abbott or Governor DeSantis make to kind of share some of the burden of, of these illegal uh, border crossers. They are fought again and really gone after viciously by the Biden administration. Viciously is right. What kind of an operation is that? That's a communist operation. That is China. That's Russia, North Korea, Iran. 
That's how they act. You dare call them out? They come at you guns a-blazing, try to destroy you. They tore down the makeshift wall, as Molly Hemingway said, that Ducey had put up. You see what they've done to Abbott, done the same to DeSantis. But that's who they are. That's what they are. They're born criminals. And all of a sudden, uh, the other day, we see the U.S. attorney is reviewing classified documents from Biden's vice presidency found at the Biden think tank. Uh-oh. This is in Chicago. The U.S. attorney in Chicago is reviewing classified documents found at the Penn-Biden Center for Dis- Diplomacy and Global Engagement in Washington. The FBI is also involved in the inquiry. <laughs> Boy, that ought to yield some real results, huh? If that's not the wolf guarding the hen house, I don't know what is. Well, when they found these classified documents, and how, how embarrassing, I mean, really, it, it, is, it is a sexual experience when what they're trying to destroy President Trump on, who, by the way, has the legal right to, to declassify documents, so they're trying to bring him to his knees on that. And here we find that Biden illegally did the exact same thing. President Trump had documents legally in his possession. Biden had them illegally in his possession. So the White House had to quickly issue a statement, of course. They're cooperating with the National Archives of the Department of Justice regarding the discovery of what appear to be Obama-Biden administration records including a small number, small number, of documents with classified markings. The archives took possession of the materials. Ooh. Donald Trump quickly issued a statement right on cue. When is the FBI going to raid the many homes of Joe Biden, perhaps even the White House? These documents were definitely not declassified. No, they weren't, because Biden doesn't have the legal capacity as vice president to declassify them. But it's comforting to know that the Department of Justice is on the case. It's comforting to know that the FBI joined them in the investigation, isn't it? That's got to be comforting for anyone. But it does take me back since Biden refuses to answer questions about it while he was in Mexico uh, last night. Reporters asked questions. If he had any comments about the documents, he laughed. He laughed. But he wasn't laughing when that horror... uh, Democrat whore Scott Pelley on 60 Minutes asked Biden about Trump's documents at Mar-a-Lago. You saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago. What did you think to yourself? How that could possibly happen. How anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that made compromised sources and methods? Just uh, totally irresponsible. Biden doesn't know anything about sources and methods, but totally irresponsible. He just can't believe that someone could do that. And by the way, Pelly's a liar. Top secret documents? No, they weren't. They Everything that Trump had, he declassified. And as a president, he has the right to do that. But Biden found that to be just awful. Totally irresponsible. You heard him say that. He can't believe it. And yet he did it. Illegally did it. Congressman Ronnie Jackson recognizes a double standard when he sees one. 
what a double standard here. Where's the FBI? They should be battering rams, knocking down his door. I mean, were they raiding his home? No. I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, and, you know, I see the liberal press trying to spin it, say, like, well, you know, we'll see what's in it. It was TSSCI. It's as big a deal as anything that they found in Trump's uh, on Trump's property. They should treat it the same. We know what it was. So he's right. The liberal media will try to spin this into nothing. Oh, well, you know, it was just a few. Notice how the White House statement was a small number. They didn't describe what they pilfered from Mar-a-Lago as a small number of documents. They made it sound as though Donald Trump stole top-secret classified documents from the White House, never to return them again. What Donald Trump has are documents that he declassified. I love it when the media people say, well, he didn't let us know. He doesn't have to let you know. He doesn't have to tell you shit. Do you get that? Do you arrogant, pompous-ass snobs get that? He owes you nothing. Except, as president, doing the best job he can to help the country. After he's president, he owes you nothing. Greg Jarrett, who is a legal professor and a lawyer himself, just can't get over how embarrassingly stupid this is and that Merrick Garland and Biden both should be so embarrassed. This certainly blows a hole in any ability of Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice to go after Trump for allegedly mishandling classified documents. You can't say, oh, well, it's okay for Bill Clinton to have done that. It's okay for Joe Biden to have done it. It's okay for Hillary Clinton to have mishandled hundreds of classified documents. But, whoa, when Donald Trump does it, even though he may have declassified the documents and under the Presidential Records Act is allowed to maintain control over the documents, no. His name's Donald Trump, so we're going to go after him with a vengeance and threaten him with crimes. And that's exactly what they've done to Donald Trump. I've never seen anything like this country. I've never seen anything like these liberals, these corrupt bastards. What have I said all along? For Anyone listening to this show for the last few years has heard me say it over and over again. Ad nauseum. Whatever the liberals accuse you of, they're doing it themselves. Has there ever been any greater evidence that that's true than this? They wrongly accused Donald Trump of stealing classified documents. All the while, Biden knew that he had illegally taken classified documents as a former vice president who has no authority to do so. It doesn't matter what they say or what they do or accuse you of being or doing or saying. They're doing it. It's always bad because they're accusing you of doing bad stuff. Every time, they're actually doing it. It is amazing. And that little stunt that they pulled the other night with the popcorn and the booze in the House of Representatives, is that what we elected them to do? Did we elect a bunch of clowns, circus clowns, to go into Washington while debate was ongoing, whether they agreed with it or not, to act as though they're at some floozy bar, eating some popcorn and spilling it all over the floor. No, no, no doubt they were spilling it all over the floor. Look at some of them. They're slobs just by looking at them. You've got a fat pig named Katie Porter, a congresswoman from California who's reading a book in the open 
that says how to not give a fuck. So there's a, a congresswoman who's telling the whole world, I don't give an F about any of you. That's who they are. Stephen Miller understands that Biden had no authority to take those documents. And I'm wondering, Stephen, do you think the Department of Justice and that noted tough guy Merrick Garland will go after Biden like he did Trump? Well, I can't speak for what a highly corrupt DOJ is going to do. But what I can say is that President Trump had absolute authority to declassify documents. You know who does not have any such authority? The vice president of the United States. So when Joe Biden left the administration, he had zero authority to declassify those documents or take them with him or store them in violation of federal law. In a fair country, in a sane country, there would be real legal jeopardy for Joe Biden here. And you want to talk about special counsels, this is where you need a special counsel, where the DOJ has a clear conflict of interest because, of course, they are close to Biden. It's his DOJ. You need to appoint a special counsel to find out not only what's going on with these documents, but to look at every single residence, property, and office under Biden's control to determine what other classified documents he has purloined in violation of federal law. And that's the least they should do. Every single residence he has, including the White House, although he could he could claim that in the White House, any documents he has there, he's declassified. So that would probably exempt the White House. But any of the other residences, and perhaps even the White House, because it, the, the documents there might be from the Obama era. If they're from the Obama era... He has no authority to declassify them. So we can only assume that if they're at the Penn Biden Center, whatever the hell that is, then they have to be other places, don't they? Or would it at least be wise to investigate if they are? Of course it would be. Will they? No. I'll answer it for Stephen Miller. He doesn't know what a highly corrupt Department of Justice will do. I do. Nothing. They'll put on a sham, a dog and pony show. We investigated, but found nothing illegal. Now it's time to turn to Donald Trump. That's the way it's going to go. You know it. I know it. We talked about the um, new House of Representatives last night repealing the funding for 87,000 nosy IRS spies that Biden wanted to deploy against all of us. Harris' response in a tweet that, how dare these Republicans? We negotiated with Democrats. Well, Ralph Norman, who is a congressman from South Carolina, had a response to Heels Up Horace. It's just empty rhetoric this administration has. You know, when I stepped on the floor last night, there is a stark difference under this administration. It's fine when they gaveled in. It's by responsible, uh, mature adults under the Pelosi. It's immature uh, brats who really the only thing they've ever done is collect a paycheck. He's so right. Immature little brats, just like Adam Kinzinger. Remember him? I think it's probably time to go back now that he's taken a job at CNN, and go back and let the country know what CNN now has. You want to talk about immature little brats? Listen to this fraud as he conducted, quote-unquote, sham hearings at the January 6th committee. I never expected a day to be quite as emotional for me as it has been. 
But you guys won. You guys help. You know, democracies are not defined by our bad days. We're defined by how we come back from bad, de- bad days. And we thank you for holding that line. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's comedic to me. That's hilarious. By the way, when you watch that video, not one tear comes down his cheek. Not one. So he wasn't crying, but he wanted you to think he was. But how about his line that democracies are not defined by their bad days? They're defined by how we come back from those bad days. That means they're defined by the bad days, you jackass. (laughs) Now, I don't believe they are, but he thinks they are. Wow, what an that guy is one of the most embarrassing people ever to walk through the halls of Congress. And yet, as we all knew, once he realized he was not going to get reelected and that he would be redistricted out of a job, he knew then he had to curry favor with the liberals. The Republicans already hated him. He had to curry favor with the liberals in order to have a second career. So what does he do? He goes to Nancy Pelosi. And as he raises his eyebrows even higher than hers, he begs to be on an illegal, unconstitutional committee so that he can make a crying statement, phony tears, and get the sympathy of CNN, the same place, CNN, whose new bosses claimed that they were going to turn CNN into Fox Light, essentially. That they were going to start reporting news as news. And they hired Adam Kinzinger. Of all the Democrats, Kinzinger fits right in with them because of his hatred for Donald Trump. That's really what you need on a resume if you're to be hired by CNN. The first question on their job application form isn't how much experience have you had in television. It's do you hate Donald Trump? If your answer is yes, you don't even have to fill out the rest of it. If your answer is no, you better have quite an explanation, Lucy. Because you got to explain some things. But that's Kinzinger. These documents, in plain sight, of Biden's, the Hunter Biden laptop in plain sight, shows you how arrogant and confident these liberal liars are that the media will never expose them. And look at the response to these documents. None of the media, the liberal media, is coming down on them. They went nuts. There was a feeding frenzy when Donald Trump's house got raided. He must be corrupt. A literal feeding frenzy. I mentioned a few minutes ago about COVID funds. Where did those go? Well, we found out in Chicago where they went under that nice, upstanding Beetlejuice of a mayor they have. Corey DeAngelis is the American founder of American Federation for Kids. Did the teachers steal the money? Please, Corey, tell me they didn't. 
The teachers' unions held children's education hostage to secure multiple multi-billion dollar ransom payments from the federal government, and it worked for them. They received about $190 billion in so-called COVID relief funding since March of 2020, and in places like Chicago, they received about $2.8 billion, which turns out to be about over $8,000 per student. Um, and look, I don't know if they're going to be held accountable, but they, they ought to be. Yeah, they sure as hell ought to be. Now, I can answer his question when he said, I don't know if they're going to be held accountable. The answer to that is no. They're liberals. It shows you how corrupt educators are in this country now. But as long as you're a liberal, you're safe. You're always going to be safe. Scary, but it's true. Here's how fraudulent these governments are. Australia, remember their severe lockdowns, almost inhumane lockdowns? Actually, they were inhumane. They booted Novak Djokovic, the great tennis player, out of the country because he wouldn't take the experimental shot that kills people. It just kills people. That's the honest truth. It doesn't kill everybody, but it kills a lot. And so since he wouldn't take it, he was banned from playing in the Australian Open and kicked out of the country. Biden banned him from competing at the U.S. Open here last fall, Australia's done a complete about-face as they get ready to host the Australian Open, one of the four majors. Craig Tiley, who is the Tennis Australia CEO, welcomed Joker, and for that matter, anyone who has COVID. And I'm pretty confident that the fans of Melbourne, similar to the experience that he had in Adelaide, will be just as good. It's up to them. Um, it's entirely up to them. We are, again, encouraging players as well as encouraging staff, if you're not feeling and if you're feeling unwell, to stay at home. But if you're not feeling well and you want to come and play and you test positive for COVID, it's okay. Now, to me, that statement speaks more than anything anybody else has ever said. The place that had inhumane, draconian lockdowns similar to China now says that even if you're infected with COVID, you can walk among all of us. You can play tennis. You can sweat all over the tennis ball and have the ball boys and girls grab those balls. No big deal. You can sit in the chair courtside, sweat all over that with your COVID germs. No big deal. Well, if it's not a big deal now, why was it ever a big deal? Because it wasn't. That's why, unless you were elderly with a comorbidity. But guess what? A lot of things are severe when you're in that category. A lot of things are a big deal. Unbelievable. Well, I mentioned that last night watching the first half of the national championship game, got me to thinking and missing Keith Jackson because I had to hear Chris Fowler's phony excitement, and he is phony. Anytime there's a guy that doesn't have a hair out of place, I don't trust him. And I started thinking about all of the big games that I heard Keith Jackson broadcast while I was growing up and through my adulthood. As I said earlier, if there was a big college football game, Keith Jackson was on the assignment. And he talked in a documentary about his life, about the moments that were too many to count. And there are a million moments. Uh, 
not only from college football, but from the 10 Olympics, running all over the world, going to godforsaken places you never heard of until you uh, somebody said you got to go there. On July 19, 1958, the University of Washington crew became the first American athletes to compete inside the Soviet Union. You see, as a sportsman, you're able to go places in forbidden territories like the Soviet Union used to be. We were able to go places and do things that a newsman, a person, could not do. That's so true. Ten Olympics, you heard him say. All of the college football, ten Olympics, Major League Baseball, playoff games. Keith Jackson called it all, Monday Night Football. In fact, here are some of his legendary calls. The hyperbole is done. Now we can finally play the game. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. One man. Goodbye. Hello, Intercepted by Teague. George Teague to the end zone. Touchdown. We're going to play football. Yes, It's a penalty flag thrown, and I think it's against Miami. The royalty of college football is in assembly at the Rose Bowl 2006. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Fitz Young scores. Texas has defeated Southern California to win the national championship of college football. <laughs> We're going to play f- college football. Yippee! The guy was amazing, absolutely amazing. And he he mentioned the Olympics, the 10 of them, all of the college football, the baseball. But he also was called on by ABC to broadcast, if you can believe this, some sort of bikini and beauty pageant. You're coming, Dante. Thank you. Ah, yes, I remember it vividly. The International Bikini Sports Competition and Beauty Pageant. Hello, everybody. I'm Keith Jackson. I'll admit, I've got one of the tougher assignments of my career today. Over the past 34 years, he called some of the greatest moments in sports television. Mark Spitz has seven gold medals. He's won everything that he had hoped to win. Well, Bruce Skinner has kicked the world record into the Capcom Flagway. Since 1966, Keith Jackson was synonymous with honor, with Saturday afternoons, with college football. Boy, he was, I'm telling you. And the legends of college football weighed in on him. Joe Paterno, Bob Greasy, Lloyd Carr, the great coach of Michigan. Bob Greasy, of course, was the quarterback of the unbeaten Dolphins of 1972, but his son, Brian Greasy later quarterbacked Michigan. And Bob Greasy was a part of the broadcast in the Rose Bowl when Brian Greasy was named MVP. So you can hear from Joe Pa, Greasy, and Lloyd Carr, and some more of Keith Jackson's calls, including his signature phrase, Whoa, Nelly! Keith Jackson in college football. I mean, you can't say one without the other just about he loves the time right before the ball game, the hour before the game when the bands are coming in and the stands are filling with four generations of fans, as he likes to say. He doesn't 
make the game ahead of time. He waits and reacts to the game. Still going, still going. The last time Brian Greasy ran that far, his dad was chasing him with a stick. <laughs> it runs Marquis Cooper back to the 32, looking for some daylight. That's too much hesitation. You can't be co-dancing around back there. They'll give you a tutu. you got to put your head down and go north and south. How do you characterize it? It's hard. I suppose if your roots are southern, you can call it three whoopies and a hot damn. I think they're going to miss that uh, uh, enthusiasm and spirit of, uh, that is generated by college football. I, I don't think anybody uh, can do or replace Keith Jackson, the things he's done. Galloway, touchdown, Buckeyes. He was so talented. Some of those descriptions are so great. You can imagine being out alone on the highway with only the Coyotes and someone saying he couldn't do it any better. That's coming from your quarterback. Some of the opens that he did to broadcast were legendary, and Hayden Fry, the legendary Iowa coach, spoke about Keith Jackson, and then Keith and his wife finish it up. This is one of those games that echo forever. This is a game that reaches across generations, that emphasizes the passion of partisanship. This is a game where players make the big plays. The last few have matched the preamble leading to this one because of the great turnaround, as it is called the Cinderella story. Well, we've had all the romance. Now let's find out if she can dance. He's my hero. He's... uh... He stands for all of the good things associated with college football. The MVP in today's ball game, and I don't know who it is, I'm standing alongside his proud daddy. You want to cry, you go ahead. I'll hold you. If, in fact, uh, I am going to be missed, that's great. I hope they remember that uh, and we had a lot of fun together. And... Uh, and it's over. I'm not sentimental at all. I'm going to play golf, and I'm going fishing, and I want to take care of all of my honeydews and become the personal valet for Miss Turianne. He said, oh, they'll never miss me. But I don't believe that for a moment. His wife's right. I miss him today. When you're growing up and you wanted to do that for a livelihood, that was the guy. <laughs> Three whoopies and a hot damn. Nobody broadcast like those guys did them. Nobody. First of all, you can't. Somebody would have had an objection to that. Someone in the South would have said, oh, he's making fun of us. He was actually giving you a tribute. But how about him talking about that Rose Bowl with the underdog? We've heard all of the Cinderella talk and all of the romance. Now it's time to find out if she can dance. That was Northwestern playing Southern Cal in the Rose Bowl. 
Northwestern's first appearance in the Rose Bowl in God knows how long. And they were the ultimate Cinderella team. But he was so accurate. Now let's see if she can dance. He was wonderful. Imagine those moments. Mark Spitz. People of a certain age will remember that Mark Spitz won seven gold medals in seven events at the Munich Olympics in 72, just prior to the terrorist attacks. In fact, Mark Spitz was ushered out of Munich quickly because he was Jewish. But Keith Jackson was there. Ten Olympics. You know, they they like to talk about Bob Costas. Oh, he did so many Olympics, and he did this, and he did that, and he's had a very storied career. Nobody can match Keith Jackson. And Hayden Fry talking about how he's his hero, I get it. He's got to be a hero to anybody who loves college football. He made college football. He brought a romance to the broadcast that you'll never get again, ever get again. Instead, now they put Chris Fowler in there, who never has a true, real comment. It's all manufactured. With Kirk Herbstreit, who's never told me anything I don't already know. That's bad when you got a color analyst who should know more than I do, but he doesn't. In fact, I think he knows less. And I love it when he says, you know, they've got the three wideouts. They're trying to create the matchups they want. What does that even mean? And to the casual football fan, they're not going to get that. But when you hear a guy say, we've heard all about the Cinderella and the romance. Now let's see if she can dance. You know. And if you heard Keith Jackson's voice, you knew. So his wife was correct. He'll never be forgotten. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, rancher Donnie Roberts from Texas will be with us. So enjoy, and we'll be back.
welcome you back in. Kevin Slayton, Kevin Slayton with you on this beautiful Wednesday morning. I say beautiful because the sun's out. So when the sun's out, it's a good day, right? It is for me. I certainly enjoy it. I also enjoyed getting my roof taken care of by the good people at Zycan Exteriors. 636-345-6873. 345-6873. If you're calling from Illinois, 618-806-6911. 806-6911. Now, these guys will come out and give you peace of mind. They did for me. I didn't know if my roof had a leak. I wasn't paying attention to a back bedroom closet wall that I never used, but water was coming in. And so they went up on my roof. My insurance adjuster met them here at the house, and they discovered the problem. And I was getting a full roof replacement with all upgraded Owens Corning shingles because Zycan is a preferred contractor of Owens Corning. They had their A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau to prove to me that they were the guys. And they most certainly were the guys. And so that was wonderful for me. Free damage inspection they'll come out and give you. Free. Just like they did me. All you have to do is call them. Now, they're the storm damage experts. I was happy to get my roof figured out. And since 1949, they've been doing it here in our town. Don't fall for the BS of the fly-by-night operators who come knocking on your door in your neighborhood and your neighbor's doors every time there's a storm. Zycan Exteriors is the legitimate one, and that free in-home or that free roof inspection, by the way, isn't designed to get business. It's designed to give you peace of mind. They've told friends of mine, they've told listeners to the show, hey, you're good to go. Call us if there's a problem. 636-345-6873. From the east side, 618-806-6911. Well, we were talking about the sham of a visit by Biden to the quote-unquote border, even though he didn't really go to the border. And Donnie Roberts is a rancher friend of ours from Texas. Donnie, good morning. How are you, sir? Morning, King. How you doing, buddy? I am doing great today. I I bet that your uh, assessment of Biden's visit was similar to what I think, just nothing but a dog and pony show. It's, it's terrible, man. I don't understand why. Everyone puts up with it. You go to, they go to El Paso, they clean off two blocks so we can move around in two blocks. There's not a person there except people around their shops. There was, there was nobody to be seen. And just within uh, 400 yards of his, his camera, there was thousands, just thousands packed. They were sleeping. They were sleeping in the El Paso airport for almost a month now and had that whole place jammed up. You couldn't get in or out of El Paso. Good Lord. And there's nothing. Uh, hey, uh, Cornbread wants to say hi to you. I got a special guest. Hey, sure. hey, how are you? How are you doing, Cornbread? How are you today? Good. I'm good. I had to wake her up to make it, make it, <laughs> say a howdy to you. <laughs> well, I was just playing. A, I just played a tribute to Keith Jackson, and he said, uh, "If if you're of any place in the South, uh, and you're looking at uh, Bear Bryant, your comment might might just be three whoopies and a hot damn.' So that's what I say to Cornbread. Yeah. You know. <laughs> You know what? It's it's. I've, I've called it for years, but I'm sorry. I know y'all are Big Ten, big all all that up there. But my God, the South dominates. And you talk about domination. They did it last night, didn't they? Oh my gosh! I mean, that wasn't even a game. I mean, I've never seen it that bad. No, I haven't that either. Bad. And this, you know, down in Mississippi, I know they play uh, at bar- closing time in a lot of the bars. They play the South shall rise again. And I'm telling you, <laughs> <laughs> they they have arisen in football. Well, the, them tight ends, that Bowers kid, he's unbelievable. Isn't he, though? I'm, oh, I, he is, man. I, I'd he like really to have is. his future. Unbelievable. 
Unbelievable. Well, El Paso. I'll go back, I'll yeah. go back to Biden onion. Yeah. El- the polls, the polls, the polls will be out next year in Michigan State, Ohio State. I'm so tired of seeing that for 25 years. I can't watch it no more. No, it's just it just shows you how far behind they are when Michigan loses. No, way to behind, way, way, way behind. It's it's embarrassing, really. And same goes for here in Missouri. Even though they're in the SEC, they're not really. Right. <laughs> they're just. A, a how, how how did they get in there? Did, uh, <laughs> how, how did they get in the SEC? I'm, uh, Texas Lutheran could have gotten there better than they can. <laughs> you know, it's you know, it's all about money. Texas Lutheran has to learn how to ante up. <laughs> yeah, Texas Lutheran. <laughs> they're about three thousand kids there, but they're willing to go play. Okay. <laughs> well, well, we got, but you know, yeah. Biden will probably tell us a story about how he played in his college football playoff, even though there wasn't one. But he he came he came uh, to the border supposedly to inspect what's going on to see what's going on, and we all knew that wasn't the case. But this this sanitizing the problem oh is, is is really despicable. When I've heard from El Paso ranchers who are just fed up with this guy. Well, you you know, Trump finally came out and said what needs to be done in Mexico. It's time to create a demilitarized zone, forty to sixty miles, and like in Vietnam had, like uh, North Korea has still to this day, and separate because. The the Mexican government is at war with the narcos. I'm not sure they're really at war with them, but you know they arrested Chapa's son. They started attacking prisons and killed Mexican soldiers, and they're around the country. Don't think that the Mexican government's run. Most of those uh, Mexican governments on the take anyway. It's it's a narco state. Yeah, and here he is visiting with them last night. Uh, while I don't he, believe it. While he paid little or no attention to what's really going on at the border and then has the no. nerve to say, we're doing all we can. Even though when he was running and after he became president, he said he wouldn't spend another penny on the border wall. Now, you're a rancher down in Texas. You have friends who are right on the border. Tell me, yes. does that wall help? Uh, it did when when Trump was president, right, but they right. were taking it all down. Exactly, and and the, and the, you got to remember this too. It's not just Mexicans that are the problem coming across. We're getting the worst of every Latin American country sent to us by their governments getting rid of them. It is so you you're yeah. I mean, so they're they're sending us people with no educations, no job skills, and they're coming here. To live fat on the on this country, can you imagine? You've worked your your whole life, and your tax yes. money, my tax money, everybody's tax money, is going to yes. subsidize these freeloaders. They're staying in some of the finest hotels. That hey, I can't afford to stay in them, but they can. Uh, they're getting free oh, air I, travel. Uh, they're getting set up. They're going to take Americans' jobs because they'll work for next to nothing. And, yeah, and that and explain this to me. I mean, St. Louis used to be a big union town. Why would the Democrats support? Biden, because they're union union guys, when these people are coming to take their jobs, I've never I'm trying to figure it out. I've never understood the union's mentality. I I can't. The first I, 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 I can't I can't get it. No, the first thing he they're did gonna, the first thing he did was kill twelve thousand union high paying union jobs on the pipeline. So this and they're guy, still voting for him. Yeah, they're still they still vote for him. They're like the Jews. The Jews vote for him as a block. What has he ever done for I, the I, Jewish community or the black community nothing. for that matter? It's it's. This has been going on for a long time. This has been brewing for a long time, King. I lived in a nice neighborhood, good community, North Houston, called the Woodlands. I have a, I had a house here for years. You know, I had my ranches. I went back and forth. Okay, in Carlton Wood is the most one of the nicest country clubs uh, 
in the Houston area, if not the nicest, okay? The really, really fine place. And we started noticing all these Mexican families about 10 years ago moving over here. And then they started taking the roofs off. You just did a roofing ad for somebody. Maybe they can help down here in, in Carlton Wood. <laughs> um, they, but these guys were taking the roofs off and armor plating the roofs. Good. Right by the golf course. They were making them mortarproof. Good Lord. Yeah. And that's the wealthy Mexicans who left there who probably, I'm not saying all of them got over here by drugs, but there were some doctors intermixed in there and things like that that done real well. But they had security guards on the golf course with golf carts with uh, with automatic weapons in, in their golf carts. Good. And nobody wants, to talk, nobody wants to talk about it. That's right there in the, just north of Houston. Yeah. Oh, no, they'll never talk about that because as Don, no. when Donald Trump said they're not sending us their best, they're sending us rapists and murderers, and they, he was called all kinds of things by the liberals because he told the truth. He didn't say all Mexicans are rapists or murderers as they tried no. to make it sound. He said that's what they're sending us, and the evidence says they are. They are. Um, most, of, most of these I wouldn't call them immigrants. I, I would call them, what would you call them, Kevin? What's a good name for them? Invaders. Yeah, illegal aliens. or yeah, Illegal aliens. The proper word is illegal aliens. As long as they're not documented citizens, they're illegal here. And and they keep stacking them in here. I guess that's to get the Democratic vote coming up in, in, in two years. I, I What else could it be? That is all it can be. And what is the reaction of ranchers that you know right on the border? I mean, are they still constantly over? Oh, it's, 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 well, it's, it's now now with the the narcos are pretty much declared war on the Mexican government, and so Trump was right that the ranchers are outgunned now. It's past the point where they're, they're, these guys are coming over with sophisticated weapon systems and stuff that the only militaries have. So ranchers with a 25 out of 6 or 30 out of 6 can't have a, have a hard time defending their property. And they come through and, I mean, we, I would say 99% of the crime that's done to ranchers isn't even reported. Wow. I mean, very seldom. Uh, the, it's mostly just a place to uh, gather, gather these immigrant groups, illegal aliens, and get them shipped off to where their destinations are. And somebody, I'm not sure if the U.S. government isn't designating where they're supposed to go until Abbott changed it and started sending them to New York City and Chicago. But they, they, they have, they, they know what they're doing. They're highly organized. And so the ranchers can't, you know, every 10,000 acres, you got one family down there on the board. Those are big stretches of land. They're, you know, 10, 12,000 acres. And that's kind of on the small side down there because it's, it's big plots of land down there. At one time, that land was worth probably $600 an acre. I don't know if you can get $25 an acre for it now. Really? That, that, uh, the, that's the, main, all the, the high fences are all torn down. These guys come through. They cut the fences. The guys have spent $20,000 in these big wrecked deer. They get out. I mean, it's 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 havoc down there. I'm, I'm I I couldn't live. I got two ranchers down there, but I couldn't live down there. It's, you had you had to walk around with a weapon on you all the time on your own property. Yeah, and that's not living. No, it's not living. You can't sleep at night. You you mentioned that they're, oh. they're highly organized, which of course highly organized, uh, which of course is very interesting since uh, these are mostly destitute people. How in the world did they get highly organized? Well, we know the cartels are involved, and that tells cartels. me the Mexican government's involved as well. 
They know everything going on. And believe me, if you're getting rid of uh, as many as your poor uh, families from those countries like Guatemala, El Salvador, uh, they can't wait to get rid of them and give them to us. Yeah. Let's take all our losers. Let's take all our losers. I'm sure they're funding their trips getting here. Yeah, let's get rid of all of our losers. I'd love to get rid of all our losers and send them to Canada. That means all the liberals get to go to Canada free. Let's let's fly them up there now. That would be nice. We just got we just got to get the official names off the Democratic Party list and start shipping them guys out. It's unbelievable. That's exactly what we need to do. What is what is what is going to change, Donnie? Is anything going to change this until we get rid of this numb nuts who's in office? I, I think we're all sitting real still. I mean, we're, we're waiting for Trump to run down here. Um, I, he, him and just a few of the guys like DeSantis have common sense. The common sense is uncommon anymore. It really is, unless, of course, you're trying really, to, to stack the vote against uh, your opponents as they are. But do they? Did, well, the, did you get the sense that the, anybody that came down in that entourage even gave a damn about what was going on? Absolutely not. Absolutely. You know, Biden... He's a creature. He's something like we've never seen as a president, without a doubt. Uh, his his day is coming. We believe that someday, some when somebody gets what they need on him, and somebody can finally turn the government around by hitting that president in the head, some something's got to happen because we're otherwise this country's in trouble. I think we're in serious trouble, and I don't think it's beginning. Serious trouble, man. Yeah, I think we're right in the serious middle. Of it. And and it's not we're in serious trouble. The only saving grace so far is the House got Republican leadership and, of course, got rid of those 87,000 spies that they were going to sick on us. Uh, and yet, oh, yeah. And yet, oh, you know, yeah. here you have Governor Abbott. By the way, I don't know if you heard, but Mayorkas blamed Abbott for this catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is laughable. It's well, laughable. You know what? Well, you know what's funny, though? It's really not funny. It's really a shame. The Democrats believe it. That is the scary part of it. I, <laughs> I, 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 I used to say nobody could believe this line of bull crap, but they are stupid enough that they do believe it. I mean, I have family members who, who believe this BS. I don't even speak to them anymore. Oh, I've got Democrats in the family, too. You believe, some of our old blue dog Democrats, they all, they all went Republican eventually, right? But the, it's the young ones, the right. young ones. I don't know where the thing, where they're, I guess they've been college educated too much. They've been indoctrinated. They've been college indoctrinated. Indoctrinated. And then uh, they're too, what, they're too intellectually but, lazy to pay attention to what's really going on. And they're content if you as a government just hand them things. I, I think that's the difference between our generations. We always worked for everything we did and never expected much from anybody. I mean, I know your family raised you right. Mine, mine raised me right. I was always taught to work and provide for my family and work hard to accomplish something. I mean, when me and Crane started that freight company way back, man, we started with really $25,000. And we just worked our asses off. That's amazing, isn't and it? Yeah, it? It is amazing. But the, the stories can still happen that way. But people want to find a shortcut to being successful. It just isn't one. No, there isn't one unless, of course, you're born on third base and think you hit a triple. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of those guys. There's a lot of those guys. A lot of them boys, man. Yeah. And they're all liberals. I'm sure you got, I, you sh- I'm sure you got all the lawyers in St. Louis like that. Oh, born, yeah. Born into it, man. It's terrible. What is the mood as we talk with rancher Donnie Roberts from Texas? What is the mood, Donnie, of the 
uh, ranchers and, for that matter, uh, the people of, of the state of Texas right now? Is it one of fear? Is it one of dread? Uh, do they have hope that things will change eventually? Uh, the the by election process is always want it to happen, but you know, I I'm thinking we're on a time bomb. Any night we can wake up, the whole world changes down there. I think that's very I don't true. Know. I think that's accurate. I mean, we can wake up and all of a sudden mm-hmm. Biden's got us in other places we shouldn't be in, and here we go again. And now we have a this narco drug smuggling thing out of Mexico is a legitimate army now and Trump called it. When he did that, that was big news down here. He said, I'm going to go to war against Mexico and he's probably going to have to. He's going to have to create that demilitarized zone where they can't come within 60 miles of our border. And the the Tejanos, the the Mexican families that have grown up here forever since Texas became a nation. They are very adamant against them. They don't want their lifestyles changed. They don't want their schools getting flooded with 4,000 kids in a school that can't speak English. I mean, that's what's going on. Who in their right mind would be in favor of that? I I don't understand. I talk about seceding. I I talk about secession a lot because I believe in it. I would think Texas would be one state that would be the one that lead the party. Hey, we're done with this place. We're we're a country of our own now. There was a guy named Daniel Miller who I'm good friends with. He was he started the succession the succession movement in Texas this last election, and he got pretty good percent of votes, considering he had no money. Mm-hmm. So there was a guy named Hoffines too. Was a Hoffines, yeah. He was also a, a, a believer in succession. I don't think Texas will ever give up on that thought. Well, that's good to it's hear just, because I think a lot of I don't states, think they will. I think a lot of states look to Texas as a leader. And especially because Texas has the economy that's always humming right along. If the rest of the government, yep. would, the national government, would take heed from Texas, we'd all be better off. But uh, oh, yeah. was Hoffheinz, the Hoffheinz you mentioned, was that, I'm, I'm assuming, a descendant of Roy Hoffheinz who uh, had the Astrodome? I, I think he was. I don't, know, I don't know what the relationship was. It might be cousins, distant cousins, but they were related. Yeah. Yeah, it seems to you be know that one way. thing. One thing a Texan always does, and I did this when I was in Europe and stuff, playing and playing tennis and stuff. You know, they uh, nobody has to ask a Texan where they're from. You'll know it. <laughs> That's very true. I could testify true, to man. that. I can, I was, you know them. You'll know them. They're different, man. And I love my ranch. I had up in Missouri. I love my family's from Missouri originally, but. You know, Texas is just Texas, and there's no describing it to anybody. And if if I was if I was in a place, uh, I don't think you have the problems in Missouri. A lot of other places do, like Illinois. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but if you had a place to go that still believes in freedom, then you're always welcome to Texas. That's beautiful. and everything here. Everything here seems so. I mean, compared to most places, we're still doing pretty good. I mean, the oil wells are shut down because of Biden. Uh, you know, they're not they're, they're, the the permits. I've had some permits that are still sitting for a year or two because they won't drill no more. He's doing everything he can to destroy this country, and and Texas is the number one enemy. They really number are one. the number one enemy because of their we success. Are the, oh, oh yeah, without a doubt. And and I love that line about freedom because that's uh, that, that's a beautiful way to look at things. And, uh, you know, there are other states who are similar, but Texas is Texas, you know. And I've always believed that if one state was going to secede, they might be first. Although I noticed that Oklahoma 
is actually oh yeah they actually have a bill in front of their state government to do that exact thing. Yeah, well, you know, they're distant cousins of ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but- they, they think they might, you know what, as a whole, because we have some huge liberal cities here like Houston and Dallas, and Dallas is out of control too. Austin. But Austin, gosh, I, I, I wish we could pack it and ship it somewhere. <laughs> but but may I have Crane move it for us, okay, with Crane Logistics. He'll move all, all Austin out of there. He, he could pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like you know the amount of people and I'm, and I live right off I ten going east and west from let's say from Houston to San Antonio, okay, and halfway to Austin, so I'm kind of in between all that. You wouldn't believe the amount of California plates coming through here with, with uh, coming through with families and and rent U-Hauls. And, and I they're, hope they're pouring. They're pouring in here. That's what scares us a little bit because you only can hope they don't bring how they grew up with them. Okay. Well, here's what I say to that. You know, and of course, I'm thinking logically when I say this. You wouldn't think that someone who's fleeing something would go somewhere yeah. else and try to recreate what they fled from. Yes. But you never know. Well, you know what I what I've understood around here is. A lot of wealthy Californians are coming here because we have no state income tax. We have, our property taxes are half, not even one a tenth of what Californians pay. So if you had a good income or you're retired, you could come here and live pretty dang dang right. You know, you have no state income tax. Your property taxes are minimal comparably. I mean, so they're all coming here to escape, hopefully for the right reason. Exactly. That's what I say. You know, you'd be ha- you'd that's a new definition of insanity if you flee from something and then recreate it somewhere else. <laughs> you've got to be yeah. half, half uh, you've got to be uh three whoopies in a in a hot damn next to crazy. <laughs> what well, what I'd rather take the Californians than New Yorkers or Illinoisans. Well, I'm with you there. I mean the, the cuz Illinois Illinois is uh, Illinois and those uh, New Yorkers stuff they're just engulfed in their own misery and you can't fix them. Now, Illinois is interesting because I believe that Illinois should be split into two states like North and South Dakota, oh. North and South Carolina. Because if, I you, do too. if you take Northern Illinois, what I'm saying is Chicago and everything south of Chicago would be different because those people yeah. are a red state. And, and they well, can't. My, my great take... great grandma was born in Marion, Illinois, down there. Sure. They don't think. You get up towards Belleville and East St. Louis, they don't think like them people. No, they don't. It's it's really they do not. It's really scary how, conf- how Texas is. Yeah, or excuse me, how Chicago has ruined Illinois. It really has, and you cannot vote them. No, because they, them. they know how to cheat. <laughs> they know how to cheat and make a lot of babies. They do that, <laughs> and then those become voters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What happens? <laughs> that's their that's their scientific uh, strategy. Man, man, election. we miss you. We miss you coming down, brother. We've been waiting for you. Well, you know, I'll be down. I'll be down. To, I'm going to spring training. You're not going to spring training, are you? Uh, Corporate and I are thinking about it. We're going to drive. Yeah, we're thinking. We're thinking of coming down there. Oh, good. I'll so give you. We'll I'll, you I'll get you the dates when we're coming down. And uh, Troy will be happy to see you guys too. He's he's he just moved to Florida. So I uh, know he told me I, I got I got I got a thing on his uh, on his messenger to me. Yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah, so he's he always going to do it. I'm glad he did it. He didn't wait around. He just busted a move and went down there, didn't he? Yeah, he said, "Dad, if I don't do it now, I'll never do it." And he's right. That's, That's right. He was. I told I told him that at the World That's Series. So Time to go now while you're young. Yeah, and uh, so that's good. You know, no. it's either Texas or Florida. Where the hell else would you move? 
Yeah. Oklahoma. Maybe Oklahoma. Yeah, I have friends in Maybe Oklahoma. Maybe Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma is pretty dang conservative now. They're they're pretty they're pretty conservative. They don't deal with what we have here. Though we have a within thirty miles of that forty miles of that border, it is so dangerous. It's not even our country anymore. And and all these guys are all understaffed. The border patrol can't do nothing. Just got to take them back to the federal government for processing. We used to just dump them back across the Rio Grande. Now they now they treat them good and put them in hotels and everything. <laughs> Dan, let me ask you this: Did they um, did they hide these migrants from these illegals from Biden when he came down there? He he didn't encounter one of them. Yeah, they, they, they they sanitized about a two block area. He rode he rode right into the area, you, mm-hmm. they, and they 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 made shopper respond like you know wave and stuff. No, that that's not true. I mean, it, it was all it was all set up. Like everything he does is a setup. Exactly. Yeah, he's not really interested. Everything in he does driving. is a setup. You think you think yeah. Biden would ever go visit those ranchers that you're talking about along the border ever? Uh, he might not get back out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, they, hey, what happened? Well, they got they they have a really nice new targets out here for rifle attraction. <laughs> They've got a Joe Biden face on, and, uh, and they're wearing they're blowing that paper up. What happens in Texas stays in Texas. <laughs> it does. It does. You can't change us. No. Well, I mean, but, can't you know, if that happened, then you guys would be known for killing two presidents. Well, it happened, didn't it? It really did happen. It did happen, but, hey. We still don't know who did the other one. <laughs> no, no, we sure don't. <laughs> That's all. We're trying to get those documents released on JFK and the, the government's fighting. They keep blocking them. To stop that from happening. Why are they blocking it? And I was, dis- on there? I was disappointed in Trump because he he said he was not going to block it, and then he did, too. He did, he released some yeah. of them, but he didn't release all of them. Hell, release them all. Let's find out how corrupt the CIA is. We already know. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's so bad. It's it's probably it's probably worse than we really know now. Even though we think it's bad, it's worse than we really know. Yeah, it is worse than we really know, and that's sad because really we'll never you know. be told the truth about everything. Yeah. I I like Tucker Carlson come on there and talk about UFOs because I've seen to him in South Texas. You see a lot of them. Really? And yes, man, I, I always see these crazy things darting across the sky in crazy angles and tremendous speeds. And I'm. <laughs> I would never say I met an alien. Well, I'm sure seeing I'm you, sure seeing, seeing some things that aren't physically possible. If you met, <laughs> if you met, you know, married to one. I married to one. I married an alien. <laughs> if you met some of these illegals, you've met an alien. <laughs> yeah, but the aliens are illegal. The illegals aren't. Right. Right. <laughs> well, can, can you imagine? They probably got their paperwork turned in. Can you imagine how embarrassed we would be? If one of those oh. UFOs truly landed and they were like Martians and they said, take me to your leader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they're heading to Trump's house. Yeah, let's, let's take him to Trump's house. We, if we take him to Biden's house, like every other country in the world, they, they would realize how weak Biden, we are. Well, Biden's never at the White House because he's always in Delaware or some beach somewhere. Or he, he has more vacation than a union worker. <laughs> How about how about being on a vacation in the Virgin Islands in somebody else's mansion when the airline crisis is hitting? We've got all oh, kinds yeah. of crises, and he could, couldn't care less. The uh-uh. border, no, the airlines, he no. doesn't care. Well, at the end of the day, 
gang, we got to find out who's really running this country because it's sure not Uncle Joe. No, it's not. No. It's clear, clearly Obama's involved in some way, shape, or form. I have to. I I would bet that money on on Obama every day of the week and twice on Sunday. I bet every that day money. of the week. Yeah, yeah. So the only the only sure about destroying this country as we know it. The only surer bet than that is the Astros winning the World Series and Georgia winning last night. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I saw where your boy well, Mattress, I, I, Mattress Mac made a bad bet last night. Yeah, he yeah. Made, I, I kind of didn't like that bet. I saw it. I, I, no, that wasn't good. Yeah. But he's done okay before. He'll be okay yeah. again. Oh, yeah. Nobody's going to hold any better. He's, he's a great He's a great guy, too, by the way. I mean, he's a really good I've been in a lot of meetings with him on, on, on politics. He's a great guy. That's nice to know. He's he's a colorful he's really, character. Really great guy. Yeah, I like colorful characters. That's why I like you guys. You know, we, you know, well, Carver's got to be your favorite. I know that. <laughs> She's in my top two. Well, you know what? I, I can tell you she ain't going to say it, but she loves the hell out of you, but you know that. Oh, I, yeah. I know that, and the feeling is mutual, and, you know, Troy and I just love you guys. And uh, I just we love you too, man. I appreciate. Well, you it. know what? We I, I'd hate to do this to St. Louis, but what? She just pack up and come down here with the rest of us. We're all happy down here. <laughs> we, we could do our show down there. Well, we might start. We might talk to Crane about that. And see if we can kick up. Yeah, he can kick some money in. <laughs> yeah. All right, hey guys, I've got to run because we're on the we're on the precipice of ending the show. So I got to go. But man, it's always great visiting with you guys, and it's always great hearing firsthand knowledge. As to what's going on down in Texas, and it's just so sad. And uh, our, our, our prayers are for those ranchers. Yeah, the knowledge is the knowledge. The, what's going on is so terrible; it's hard to describe, King. Hard to describe. So I'll let you get off the get off the air now. All right, buddy. You guys have a great day. Right, Good seeing you. Well, we miss you, man. Good talking to you. All right, guys. I'll talk to you soon. As they say here in Texas, adios, adios, <laughs> adios. Right, bye, bye, guys. <laughs> They're characters, folks. That's fun. I love people like that. That's going to wrap us up for today, but we're back fighting a good fight again tomorrow. It's good to hear what's going on down there as opposed to what the media broadcast to you after Biden was there. Now we get the truth. It's so dangerous that he won't even visit his two ranches down there. Can it get worse? I don't think it could. I'd be hoping those UFOs land. Demilitarized zone, Trump's right on target again. Again. Back fighting the good fight again for you tomorrow morning, folks. Uh, you can listen to the podcast right here on KevinSlaytonShow.com, on Apple, on Amazon, on Google, on Spotify. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everyone. Ah!